trends in the dance scene now and like what people are playing and how how is that affecting the dance do you feel like we're still in an age of experimentation with the music that's being played for for popping in these um contest forms or yeah i i, I don't yeah because there's a mindset that goes along with this um so I've, I've, I've been a DJ for, for a long time, too. So the thing where I come from, I always wanted to hear the new beat. What's the newest, craziest, next thing? Like, oh, my God, what is this? Nowadays, if you play a song that is completely unknown, that nobody could sing along with, everybody goes and they look at the DJ, and they walk off. Mm. The dance floor. Like, that's not my song. Right, right. Uh, what song is that? Right. And then if it's a remix of something, and then they hear the, the vocal come into the song, they, they know. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go, go, okay, I'll get with, uh, all right, I'll give you this one. Yeah. They don't let the DJs do that unless it's a part of the thematic part of his set. If they know him to be some next shit DJ, then they allow it. But otherwise, you play four or five songs that nobody recognizes, you'll hear crickets on the dance floor. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. He's not in touch with us. That's the mindset. Right. You know? So I'm used to mindset when somebody, well, a whole crowd of people would want to hear the next new crazy thing. Right. And they hit it. Yeah. You know, that's a completely different mindset. Yeah. So we've been conditioned into thinking this. So so I'll, I'll go like this. I'll, I'll, I'll put this parallel together. If you think like this, all of our favorite dancers probably, probably look the least like other dancers. The people that are the most unusual are the people that we're attracted to. Yeah. For like, uh, this guy does this. They all right. have their certain niche. Yeah. Okay. Now, music-wise, once upon a time, this was the case. To make a hit, it'd have to have its own sonic identity. Mm. Like, what's the thing that makes this thing sound more than the other thing? So you think of, like, Stevie Wonder songs. You think of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire song. The top end is so high. The It's so high. It's so AM radio friendly, the high frequencies, that the top end was so special that it, it would pull you to it like you play this next to a song that wasn't mixed very well and it would sound like you know the horns of the gods right <laughs> you know and you hear the same thing with stevie songs it's there's so many layers it's so uh you hear the quality and, and, and the, int uh, the intention and attention put to small, minute things that you zoom in with your ears. And these songs become the sonic uh, landscape of your glory days. Right. And you. So I, too, have these songs connected to my glory days. And when I listen to the songs today, somewhere around, ah, 
I guess it's been happening all the time, but I really started to notice it uh, in the the late 90s and from the two, 2000s on. It's when a song is supposed to sound like another song. For instance, somebody makes a hit and then everything sounds like that hit for a second. And even the person that made that hit that was unusual, that broke all the molds prior to that, they're told and expected to make something kind of like, kind of make the last one so we can play this song after, you know, mm. like, you know what I mean? Mm. And the same thing goes today. You have a sound and it's played on a radio station that plays music of that sort. So you tune into a station and you get a lot of that stuff. Right. Even the radio stations were playing, you'd hear David Bowie right. uh, next to, to George Clinton, yeah. next to Jake Brown, next to Kraftwerk, next to Blondie. That would be the same radio station playing different music genres. Oh, yeah. don't forget, hip-hop comes in there, then, then they're thrown in a rapper's delight. Right. You could, you could have Seals and Croft or Hall and Oates and then the Sugar Hill Gang. Mm. So the people's ears, they're listening for new things. Right. And what, the way it was, there was just enough of each one of these genres, just enough space not too far apart The people would wait through the things that they didn't like. For the thing they did like, right, yeah. Right. And because it popped out from other different music genres, it highlighted even more because the contrast was great. Yeah, yeah. So take this from people trying to have like specialist stations that play this niche. Yeah. They hammer this niche to the ground, and you're like, you listen to the same formulas, the same thing, it's just hammered, right. you know, into your head, and until you change the station, like, damn, I have to go to oldies, I have to go to jazz, right. I have to, you get, right. you get fed, you know, yeah. and I don't remember ever being so fed up with anything, but it's like, I'm a musician myself, yeah. and I make certain kind of real uh, quirky, funky, niche music, yeah. I don't, the songs that I make, too long. I'm like, that's enough. I mean, I need to hear something else. Like, you know, and and that's the same way I feel about like most of the music. The rappers' voices sound like the other rappers' yeah. voice. The sound picture. It's it's a great art to be able to copy somebody else's sound picture. But I'll I'll, I'll go one further. It's like when people are using the same presets with the same machines and the same this and the same formula on the same programs to you know with the same plugins with the same same thing and you sculpture some something that's sonically the same. It's uh it's the same. Yeah. And and it's for for me it's 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 the death of a genre. Yeah. Exactly what happened with disco, mm. you know, they hammered it to the ground until people had a backlash against it. Right. And it was like, you know, the disco sucks movement. You know, now disco doesn't call itself disco anymore. Now it calls itself house now. <laughs> but it's disco, you know what I mean? Mm. It's it's interesting how, you know, 
too much of a good thing will give you a cavity. You know, you'll you'll have an adverse effect. So I I was gonna also ask you about um, being a producer yourself. Um, how has that affected your dancing? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it it's it's the the same thing kind of for me. Like producing is very close to dancing and vice versa, because a lot of the ways. Um, it's like okay, let's say there's a song that I love. As a producer, I analyze what is it that's making this song mm. pick. What is the thing? Yeah. Something is affecting me, but what is the thing? Is mm. and I and I try to to break everything down component by component. And I'm like, is that alone? Sometimes, more often times not. More often times, it's the the sum of a few parts. Okay. And the relationships that they have together. Yeah. Um. I learned this first from dancing. Yeah. When you combine coordinations, yeah, and you act people's eyes by, you can do three separate things. Each one of these things could be simple in itself, but the sum of its parts makes mm. something you know that is very attractive for our eye to try to work out, you know, or our minds to see. Yeah. Because I, I think we want to understand patterns. Yeah. So pattern recognition is like a big part of it. And then along with pattern recognition is chaos. So things that, that get close to chaotic, chaotic and then come back into the pattern makes you go into outer space for a second. And just when you can't think it, oop, then you're back again. The song is back. <laughs> like jazz themes. You know what I mean? They play, uh, they introduce a, uh, a theme. People take solos, flipping the theme up and down, and just when it goes out, like, whoa, whoa, and then they go back to the theme, and everybody's clap, yeah, uh, it's back to uh, Mary Had a Lamb. Oh, my gosh, they flipped Mary Had a Little Lamb. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that thing uh, that is also the same in dancing. Yeah. So one of the things when you're dancing, you have to show that you have thought something out. Right. So... You have to gain people's trust. So first you give them a bed to show them, okay, listen, I can pop on time if I want to. See, this is what it looks like when I'm popping on time. Okay, I do hear the music if I want to. This is, see, I'll be the bass line, I'll be the drums. Okay, so I can do that if I want to. And after you gain the people's trust, then you can flip it. And people don't understand what's happening for a second. They go, whoa. If you're lucky, if you have longevity, people will, in trying to figure out what that thing was, they'll stick with you. Mm. And they're like, oh, what he's doing is he's not doing the thing that's expected to him. He's doing the opposite. Mm. So you take people like uh, great improvisers, like Pete or Skeet, uh-huh. who have things that they do very specifically and then when it's time for them to do it, it's like, oh, he's going to do that. And then they, they go left and do uh, something different. And it's like, oh, my gosh, he was supposed to, and he did that. It, it, yeah. it creates, 
you know, so this also exists in music. Yeah. And something that we're attracted to. But you do that too often, and then it's like, oh, but this person is crazy. Right. So you come back, you know, to just be responsible enough, you know. And if you're dancing by yourself and you're doing something that people don't recognize, people will automatically assume you're wrong. Oops. Right. You saw what thing there? Yeah. <laughs> and it. That thing right there, that's not what they don't, they normally don't do this. This is, I think he made a mistake there. Right. Yeah. People make this same mistake in exactly the same place. And then the person watching it goes, oh, wait a minute. Okay, it was weird, but they both did it at exactly the same time. So they've organized this mistake. Uh, oh, wait, it's not a mistake. Wait a minute, it's me that has to learn. Mm. This thing is it's quite, quite a process. Yeah. And I've been face-to-face with this thing. People have thought that I'm crazy, like, doing different for a long time. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if somebody asks me, I will explain it. Yeah. I to do enough things where people see that I could do this if I want to, right. but I'm other thing that I'm doing is something that interests me right. and I hope you catch it. But if you don't, what can I do? Right. You know what I mean? You look at people that are the people that we love, the people that are the most unlike other people, these, you know, we have a list of names yeah. that we go, these people like, when I first saw Taco, I didn't see a lot of people dancing like Taco. Yeah. When I when I saw the EBs, I didn't see a lot of people dancing like that. I was like, ooh, that's different. When I saw a Gentleman of Production, when I saw Media Circus, when I saw in in, I was like, I didn't see a lot of people dancing like this. Yeah. And it, a movement. When I saw the Playboys, I didn't see people dancing exactly like that. When yeah. I saw, you know, every everybody had their own thing. Right. And and the flavor it takes a while for me to see it, like in the beginning when uh or not in the beginning but in the eighties I had no interest in strutting at all. Right. That that we didn't do that in Berkeley. Yeah. But we go to San Francisco, and 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 and, and people are doing the fresh excuse me like Fillmore like the like uh more the strutting like that I consider. More the demons, more the Lonnie stuff, more the you know the Dana stuff, the you know A plus all the the, the jump and the, the the stuff that they're doing uh, the 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 whole film section, Harry Berry, all the people. Yeah. These are my dear friends, but I wasn't trying to dance like that. Yeah. Still, that I come back to Sweden that I see somebody like yourself and, and Ra, Rashad that's that's paying tribute to these styles and honoring these things, and it's like, damn, I missed that. Mm. Like, we, it's like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> the fact, because I, it's, you know, my great associations that I have, my good time, my glory days, yeah. you know, styles, yeah. and it, it, it makes a very positive thing for me. 
But at the time, I wasn't trying to do that because it took me time to appreciate it. Yeah. That same time is the time it takes for anybody being different, for people to finally get, okay, I remember the first time I heard Q-Tip's voice, didn't like it. Uh-huh. Like him, then I, when I heard the rest of the tribe stuff, then it, it took me a while to get used to it. Mm. The first I heard Kendrick, I'm like, eh, I, mm, it didn't, mm, didn't yeah. really sound like rap. Took me a while, I acclimated, and then I get it. And then, after I learned to love him for him, then I hear other people sounding like Kendrick. Like Kendrick has yeah, a very yeah. There's a lot of people now. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Be Real, Cypress Hill. Same thing with a lot of rap. And now I hear like even in within the trap scene, like I hear, I hear Future. I hear Designer. I hear like a lot of people sounding like I hear people sounding like Drake. I hear you know people sounding like J Cole. I hear a lot of people sounding the same. And this is. But there, it's, it's the equivalent of, I, I, I've even told you this before, it's like, uh, when you see a Michael Jackson impersonator, he could be very, very good at impersonating Michael Jackson. But I don't care how good you are at impersonating Michael Jackson if you've actually seen Michael Jackson. Right. You're not Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. How good you are at impersonating Michael Jackson. You know, this thing is how I feel about dancers. Mm. It's how I feel about music. It's how it's it's, it's very closely related. Mm. 